Welcome to Tips and Trips, your podcast guide to travel tips on the fly. I'm your host, Abby Zartman, and each episode I sit down and talk with experts, local guides, or travel enthusiasts, answering all of your travel questions along the way. On today's episode, I'm joined by Eric Hansen, and we're listening to part two of our conversation about his cross-country travel and his study abroad experiences. Outside of road trips, you've done quite a bit of traveling, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, to, um, been to Mexico, Guatemala, Puerto Rico. So you've, you've gone abroad multiple times. Were they for study abroad programs, or did you go um, independently? A uh, few, I mean, a couple different, different ones. Uh, the first time I really traveled outside the country was to go to Puerto Rico when I was in college. And it was a study abroad. It was a half of a semester, seven weeks, and uh, we went there, did a project. So I stayed in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And uh, since then, I've gone to uh, Mexico to uh, do a few weeks of uh, learning Spanish, went, to, went back to Puerto Rico just for vacation purposes, and... Um, also went to Mexico for my honeymoon, and I did a uh, a tour of Europe with uh, with my my girlfriend now wife. Um, that was really fun going to trying to get in as many countries as we could in a in a ten day span. So, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> did you feel like your experience on study abroad made it a little bit easier and made you feel more confident with traveling abroad? Oh, sure. And definitely, especially I mean, that was the reason I went back to Puerto Rico was because I had been there already. Uh, what was nice about the studying abroad was the school actually did plan out different excursions on the weekends, um, which was which was really fun. And one of the excursions went to a an island right off of Puerto Rico, Vieques, and that island is the one that I ended up going back to uh, a few times on vacation. And it was because I, you know, enjoyed enjoyed being there so much. Had I not had the study abroad experience, I wouldn't have known about that place and known, you know, what, you know, when, how to get over there, what the ferry schedule was, stuff like that. So it definitely gave me confidence to know how to get around. And it made me just more familiar with the island in general. Because is that not really a touristy area? Did you feel a little bit more immersed in your experience from that? I mean, uh, Vieques is sort of touristy, but it's not It's not like the mega touristy places that you hear about, like Cancun or, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's more of a, a place that folks who know that it's a, a beautiful place will go to. Um, and at the time, it felt like I was just immersed in in Puerto Rico. It didn't feel very touristy at all. The beaches were deserted, basically, which is nice. <laughs> Do you feel like you're the kind of person that looks for the off-the-beaten-path vacation, or do you also enjoy the tourist experience? I mean, it depends. It depends what you want to do. If you want to just relax by a pool, like, awesome. I like doing that, too. Um, if you want to really learn more about... Um, you know, seeing different cultures and seeing uh, different terrain, stuff like that, then go that route, you know, and do your homework and figure out where to go. Um, so, yeah, it depends. I mean, for the most part, I like I like experiencing new things. So that's the route I'll, I'll mainly take over sitting by a pool. 
So on your 10-day marathon through Europe with your wife, how did you prepare for that? Because I'm assuming you're trying to book in as much as possible and you only have so much time and with flights and trains and trying to make all of your transportation schedule work, how do you prioritize? There's so much to see and to do. Yeah, that that was tough. It, it was it was a lot of a it was a lot of planning ahead, um, but it was more planning out our flights and making sure we had like a day or two in one location. Once we had that framework, then you know we could we could sort of have have things happen happen as they happen. You know, when we get to Paris, we don't have anything rigidly planned out, but we know that we'll be there for 48 hours. So what are we, you know, what are we going to do here? But yeah, the, the planning, planning out the flights and knowing who and where we're going to stay, that was all planned out beforehand using hostels. And luckily we had some friends in London and a friend in Italy. So we got to stay with our friend at the beginning of the trip and then with a different friend at the end of the trip. So that was, that was super helpful. So you more of do a rough itinerary and then kind of allocate your time around that based off of what you are feeling of doing or what you're able to do versus pre-planning and, and booking everything in advance. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It was a good it was a good blend of the two, you know, not not doing things willy-nilly like really knowing when and where your your train or your plane is going to be. But then in between, allowing allowing the city to just kind of suggest to you what, what to do. Or, you know, when you get there, asking the folks at the hostel, what is, you know, what is what is your top five things to do here if you were if you were to be a um, a traveler coming into this into this city. So that was that was really that was really helpful and fun. And I think having that flexibility allows you to make the most of your trip. But I'm sure even with that approach and mindset, there are still going to be road bumps that you run into. So have there ever been experiences where you have been delayed or something didn't go as planned? Oh, I'm sure I'm sure we were delayed at some point, but obviously I can't. It doesn't stick out in my mind, so it must not have been that much of a nuisance, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which is probably the best way to approach it. So if you're not, uh, we have to do A, B, and C on this timetable. You're not going to be sweating it when something doesn't go exactly as planned. Yeah, I think if you're if you're going to travel and go to a lot of places and have uh, you know try, trying to do a lot of things at once, you have to have a certain amount of go with the flow mm-hmm. attitude because stuff's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know. And you can't always uh, plan for all of the unexpected details that pop up. Mhm. Yeah. Which so that's kind of interesting because you work in travel insurance, correct? Mm-hmm. How has your view or opinion of travel changed as you have been in this role? Well, I mean, I didn't even know travel insurance was a thing until I started working <laughs> in the industry. Um, but it, uh, it's, it's kind of opened my eyes to being prepared for whatever can happen, uh, especially, you know, I look back when i was delayed uh or if if stuff has happened in the past I, and i think man it would have been nice if i had had some sort of insurance so that 
you know, I can I can get back some of my investment from this trip. So hindsight is twenty twenty. So that's that's definitely that's definitely something that going forward now I know to you know spend spend a little extra to get some insurance so that if something catastrophic happens or if you know we have to we have to pay for a hotel because we're stuck somewhere you know s- stuff like that uh, is definitely definitely at the forefront of my mind now. So for trips. You've been purchasing travel insurance for for trips that you've taken since working in the travel insurance industry. Yeah, and um, I mean we have we have a uh, a a benefit uh, from from uh, from where I work uh, that it's an annual plan that that helps with different things uh, when you're traveling. But I also I like to purchase a uh, a supplementary plan just to just to make sure. And um, I've only. I've just only, I've only bought one so far because uh, I haven't been taking many trips the past couple of years. So <laughs> uh, flying out to L.A. So I made sure to to purchase uh, a plan so that if something happens, if somebody in my family gets sick or, you know, we don't end up going on the trip, that I can file a claim and get that get that ticket money back. So was there a reason in particular you bought travel insurance for your trip to LA? Um, was there something that you were trying to supplement? Are there things that travelers should be looking for or conscious of when they're making their trip insurance purchases? Well, um, you know, we can't predict the future. So having insurance, if, if something happens is always a good idea. Uh, from my own experience, there was coming back from Mexico, uh, there was a snowstorm in Baltimore and we were stuck, and the airline didn't wasn't you know didn't couldn't do anything for us, so we had to stay in a hotel in Baltimore. And if I had had an insurance policy, I could have filed a claim and gotten that hotel uh, cost back. But I didn't, so um, you know. So moving forward, that kind of helped me think about well, you know, I should I should really get this insurance in case something happens, and um, you know, really. I had, I had, you know, we were going from Mexico to Providence and, you know, Providence in Mexico, nothing was happening there, but where we had a layover, something was, you know, it's those kinds of things that you don't really think about, but when, when something happens, it does, it is frustrating. Yeah. It's hard to think about all of the details like that. And it's hard to, I mean, you can't control those kind of details. So it would have been nice to not have to fork over the cash for an unexpected night in Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so now that you're traveling on your trip to LA, are you traveling with family or are you bringing your dog or is it just you? No, uh, it's, it's the family, uh, that, uh, Charlie's going to stay back. He's going to be, uh, with somebody <laughs> watching him, but yeah, it's, it's me, my wife and my two-year-old son. That's going to be interesting. I haven't been on an airplane with a little kid before, so, um, hopefully, I think, I think he'll be okay. He's, he's pretty, he's a pretty relaxed dude, um. Definitely going to have some screens for him to look at while we're on the, <laughs> you know, the boring plane. But uh, it should be should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Was there anything you changed about planning your flight, considering that you're bringing your son? We, a lot of, I mean, a lot of times I like to have a nonstop flight just to get it over with, but mm-hmm. not recommended for little kids. So made sure to find some flights that had pretty much a, a layover that was about an hour, like right in the middle of the country, just to let him 
get out of the seat, run around in the airport for a little bit, get some get some energy out, and then then we get on a second flight. So there was definitely planning in in terms of that. And uh, I had some advice from my sister who also has a a kid the same age, and she flies back. Uh, that's who I'm visiting. So she flies back here from time to time, and so she's she's had a couple flights experience with with a child. So she gave me some good advice. So basically, let him tire himself out, so you have a smoother flight. Yeah, definitely, definitely have some sort of layover because being in a plane for five hours straight is no fun, especially for a kid. <laughs> Everyone goes stir crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So other than L.A., do you have any exciting travel plans coming up? That's that's about it. I mean, we're going to go back to Cincinnati uh, pretty soon, but that's that's our standard, like, two-day road trip that we do every year. Nothing, nothing really on the horizon besides uh, L.A. Uh, it would be nice, you know, once once Austin's a little bit old, older to take him back to places that we've been to before uh, just because we're experienced with, with those places and we'll be able to show him some of the same stuff that we, we were able to see. So, Are there top travel experiences that you'd like to share with him? Um, hmm. I think going, going to a place... Um, he, I mean, he hasn't been to the ocean yet, so I think going anywhere where the ocean is present, I think would be pretty cool for him. I also, I'd like to expose him to a place that doesn't speak English, for example. Just being in a an entirely different culture, speaking a different language, I think is an eye-opening experience just in and of itself. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that with him at some point. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's many years from now. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a ways down the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, say Austin is ready to go and do a road trip of his own. What advice would you give him? Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea what the roads are going to be like in in uh, <laughs> fourteen years. <laughs> so, um, the advice I would give him. I mean, I'd like I'd like to think that he'll have a, a good a good mind for maps. Uh, I think I can, I see our society kind of getting into this. Um, uh, reliance on devices like our phones and stuff like that, and it's a little—it's a little worrying. Um, you know how many people don't know how to read a map? Mm-hmm. They just listen for the the voice prompts on their phone. Turn left here, you know. So I hope I can in- instill in him, um, you know, knowledge in that respect: how to read a map and how to problem solve when you don't have this device helping you. So I think that'll be the biggest thing if he ever wants to go on a road trip is just making sure that he's prepared and he's he's ready to solve problems that he might encounter along the way. And he'll need to know how to drive, even though we'll probably have a lot of self-driving cars by then. Mm-hmm. I want him to be able to know how to take over, you know, take the autopilot off and, and drive for himself. Be able to think on his feet uh, and and to be self-sufficient on the road. Right, exactly. So what advice do you have for travelers right now who are not um, dealing with so many automatic cars and self-driving cars? Um, to go on a road trip? Yeah. Um, just 
make sure that you're planning for things like um, things like oil changes, things like uh, you know making sure you have enough money to get gas to get you where you need to go. Um, making sure you have AAA in case something happens. Um, yeah, I'd say that's about it. And just you know, little little tricks like you know packing your own instant oatmeal and taking advantage of free hot water at, at gas stations, little things like that. I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that you can just look up online too, like top 10, top 10 tricks for taking road trips. So, you know, do your homework and, and have fun, go to places and be with people that you want to be with. Is there any, um, travel insurance for either road trips or for international trips for that matter that you would recommend? Um, are there things or aspects of coverage that people should look for, especially if you're trying to be budget-friendly on this road trip? Sure. I think, you know, the best advice I can give is uh, if if you are going to get insurance, speak with the experts. Uh, you know, I've, I've been working at Insure My Trip for uh, three years now, so I, I know the policies that we offer and I know the different, um, different, different aspects that are good for certain kinds of trips. And so does everyone in customer care. So I think that's the best advice for anyone looking to get a policy, uh, depending on your trip, is to just call because we have experts and they can, you know, whether you're taking a road trip or going to Australia, you know, we, they can help you find the policy that is going to be right for you and that addresses the concerns that you have. Okay. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, is there anything else, Eric, that you want to give as parting advice to any future road trippers or someone looking to study abroad for the first time? Um, I think the best advice I can give is just be be okay with just going with the flow and things changing. Just having that kind of an attitude, I think, makes the experience better. If you're the kind of person that needs to plan stuff out, then go for it, but make sure you're ready to have stuff happen and, and just go with it, you know, have the mentality that um, any challenge is an opportunity. Have you always been this laid back? Like, was there ever an instance where you overplanned <laughs> and that kind of bit you in the butt so you changed your perspective? Or have you always had this, like, healthy mentality when being flexible with traveling? Well, thank you for thinking it's healthy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think... I think I'm just I, I I grew up in Vermont, so I think you know there's a certain kind of laid back quality to to life in Vermont that just rubbed off on me. I guess <laughs> um, I think I think it's uh, it's important to plan things out and not just throw yourself into the water without without any um, without any preparation. But I think you know just getting in the frame of mind to to let things come as they go is is really helpful. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I, I've had my own experiences with traveling where I've learned that once I let go a little bit, I'll actually have more fun on the vacation than if I'm over planning and stressed. Yeah, exactly. And it can, it can be a domino effect. If you, if you plan these little things out and something goes wrong, you know, either that's going to cause other things to go wrong or you're going to be fixated on that for the rest of the trip and not have fun, like you said. So, um, yeah, just being casual and just having things um, happen as they happen and just be okay with that. 
But if you are a planner and if you want to not feel so stressed out if things don't always go as as they are planned, travel insurance can help with that. It can kind of alleviate it if something goes off the rails. Yeah. I mean, I... You're basically purchasing peace of mind. Yeah. That's the way I I look at it. So, you know, I don't want anything to go wrong, but I have this this peace of mind that I purchased. So mm-hmm. my I'm going to have a better time uh, flying to L.A. <laughs> yeah. So even if you paid for something and it doesn't happen exactly as you expected, you're not losing sleep or stressed out on your vacation because of that, right. hopefully. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the hope. Okay. You know? Yeah. So thank you very much, Eric, for chatting with me today. I am really jealous about your many road trips across the U.S., (laughs) so I will have to ask you for some more tips on that because that's definitely something that's on my own bucket list. Oh, yeah. Do it it when the gas prices are cheap. True. Yeah. It's (laughs) not like a few years ago, but uh, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Eric. All right. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Tips and Trips with me, your host, Abby Zartman. My guest this week was Eric Hansen. You'll find links to the references we discussed in this week's episode description on whatever device you listen to the show on. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe and invite a friend to travel along with us. Special thanks to Ensure My Trip for sponsoring the podcast, Julie Lafretti for production assistance, Brittany Janay for creating our logo. This episode was recorded in Warwick, Rhode Island at Star Trek Studios. Tips and Trips is supported by Insure My Trip, the better way to buy your travel insurance. Backed by their best plan and best price guarantee, you can compare benefits, get quotes, read fellow traveler reviews, and buy your policy all in one place. Go to insuremytrip.com to get your free quote today.